0: You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. You can find more interviews and features at soundcloud.com and chirpradio.org slash podcasts.
1: This is Melanie Cruvelis, and I'm here with Chirpradio.org and I'm sitting with Kate Laban. Kate, thank you so much for being with
0: us tonight. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: I mean, there's so many great things that we could talk about your new album, uh, Crap Days, which you are here at Shoebuzz to promote. And um, one thing that I wanted to start off with was the short film that you had that accompanied the video. And when I was watching it, the first thing that struck me uh, about seven minutes in, I was watching it and I was like, wow, this this is the type of person where I can't imagine that they could have ever even conceived of being in a career that wasn't a performer or an artist or something like that. <coughs> Do you think it was always obvious, like to your family growing up in Wales, that you were going to be the sort of performer? You were going to have this, you know, sort of
0: artistic career. <coughs> um, I don't. No, I don't think it's one of those things where if I didn't make, you know, I was always going to make music, but it was certainly something that was encouraged by my parents and for music to be something fun as opposed to it being something academic or, um, but um, I feel, yeah, like I could have done a number of different things, you know, but always probably would have made music on the side, you know, I'm just um, lucky that... It's been something that I've been able to do full time for, yeah, the past however many years. What do you think you
1: would have done Mm if, you know, you said you could have been a number of different things, and I believe it, but just curious.
0: I wanted to be a vet. I wanted to be a marine biologist, and I also wanted to uh, study physics. Um, And now I want to make furniture, so, yeah. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I actually just listened to an interview with Nick Offerman, you know, from um, Parks and Recreation. And he does woodworking, both on the show and in real life. He had this really sort of interesting take about how he's kind of sees himself as almost like Two different people. Like, there's this whole, you know, world of show business that, like, maybe his family from rural Illinois doesn't totally understand. And then there's this part of him that's this woodworker who can, like, go out and make things with his hands. So he sort of talked about using woodworking to stay connected to, again, growing up in this very rural environment. I wonder if there's even, like, some sort of connection between you growing up in Wales, very beautiful, sort of, ideal place, and then kind of that connection. To
0: I think you're probably um, right, there's something, you know, I grew up um, in the middle of nowhere really and would spend my weekends walking my goat in the woods, you know, and making dams and, you know, making tree houses or, I don't know, strange box mansions for the cats to play in. And there's some, yeah, I don't know, as an adult you kind of forget that it's you're kind of waiting for someone to give you permission to spend some time being creative or making stuff and and you can give yourself that you know permission sometimes yeah so I wonder if that has any
1: effect on how you think about writing and the places you go to write and where you find the solitude that maybe you need to write
0: I mean I don't I'm not really one to have kind of a, a strict method of writing, it's more just um sheer panic when I realize that the studio is time is um upon me. And I think those things maybe they seep into your you know, into your world and inspire you in ways that you'll never really be able to circle or pinpoint. But certainly the the studio where we made Crab Day was um in this beautiful location overlooking the Pacific Ocean and And it was wild, you know, and I think it really fueled everyone's sense of abandonment and listening to the ocean every night, you know, while sleeping was such a wonderful palate cleanser from having been making music all day, you know. So I think that was, um, yeah, that was a very special time, sonically. is
1: your first album that you've done with chicago's very own drag city and when i read that you know this album was coming out uh with them i was it made total sense i mean i think part of your origin story in the media is all about the influence of pavement who was on drag city and you know at the same time I think there's like a sense of humor in what you do and I think that's like a dark sense of humor that I think is even reflected in Drag Cities, like all of their newsletters and stuff are you know kind of have that sort of same hinge of dark humor so I guess I'm sort of curious how that relationship is and how it affected you on this new album.
0: It just seems to suit me really well you know where there's just a really nice old school relationship you know where they do their job and I do mine and there's none of this peripheral nonsense of tweeting and keeping up a social uh, presence in the social media which really suits me and I I like you know um, well I like their roster they're wonderful people yeah it's all kind of like a strange family that trickles and then we'll scoop someone else up and um and i think that's a really nice nice way of running a label you know where it's all yeah all really well great music but also really friendly in the truest sense of the word (laughs) you know
1: yeah obviously they must know that you're in chicago at this point did they give you any recommendations of what to do while you're here
0: Mm, no they did not but i've i was here playing with white fence maybe in in the past year and um I always love going to myopic books. It's one of my favourite bookshops. And then... Oh, and then we went to a bar where... Like an old blues bar that um, had a karaoke... Not karaoke. What do you call it? Jukebox. Yeah, (laughs) I was going to say, you put money in and it plays your song. (laughs) Um, A jukebox. Um, There were all these paintings on the wall that had been done by the owner. But he wouldn't sell them.
1: It wasn't old town ale. Yeah, was, that was sounds it? about right. Yeah. 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 Like really bizarre paintings. Yeah, like really paintings like things of like yeah. Sarah Palin and like That's right, BDSM yeah. So that was of...
0: we were taken there as well, which was Yeah, great. And I'm a vegan, so I try and go to the Chicago Dino when I can. It's great, yeah. Milchor monuments fill me up if you don't the background I was thinking about the truth ah, It's not automatic It's not automatic
1: Again, thank you so much for talking with us. Uh, is there
0: anything we should do fun for signing yeah. off? Uh, maybe I'll say diogemwau, which is thank you in my native tongue. Maybe maybe you could say diogemwau too. Okay. All right. Let's see how good my Welsh is. yn inwau. Really? Was that close? Or
1: are you just being no, nice to me? <laughs> there's quite,
0: um, a large Welsh community in Chicago. Really? I think. Yeah, I'm led to believe so. <laughs> That's one for your Welsh listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can I get you to say something like you're listening to Chirp Radio? Gingranda <laughs> e
0: Trip Radio. I see you, nope. no doubt. You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at soundcloud.com slash chirpradio and chirpradio.org slash podcasts.